Welcome to the Data Life podcast. In this podcast, we talk about real life experiences with data, talk with people doing cool data science things, discuss tools and more. I took a little break from podcasting. You know, developing a script, editing and developing an episode takes quite a bit of effort. So your support is really crucial. Thank you for listening and following this podcast. There are many hundreds of podcasts out there and I appreciate you taking the time to listen. In this episode we will talk with Jeff Bermond who is a founder and CEO of Cocoon My Data Rewards browser that pays users for sharing their data anonymously. It is a browser based off Chromium code but and it pays people to use it. We'll get to share a lot about user data, getting paid if your data is used and sold, data ethics, privacy, etc. I'm really excited about this conversation. So without further ado, let's welcome Jeff So hi, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff, for taking the time to come on the show. Hi, Sanket. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate that. Yeah, looking forward to our conversation. So uh, just to begin, uh, can you tell our listeners briefly about your background and how you got started in, in software from real estate and how you got into kind of like from real estate to software to data? Sure. It's, uh, it's an interesting little ride. Not many people start from uh, real estate ended up in software. Most of the guys in real estate are still asking, how can I turn on my computer? So I, I mastered that about nine or 10 years ago, because when I started software, I didn't really have an idea how to turn on my computer. So, I mean, I could turn the on and off switch on, but any further than that, there was no way. So I, um, after finishing college, uh, my family had been in real estate and I thought, well, you know, I, I was a tennis player uh, at USC and decided I'm not going to make it as a pro. I didn't want to be a teaching pro. So what's my next job? Well, I got lucky and was offered a job at what is now CBRE, which is a major real estate company in brokerage, commercial brokerage. And I broke into that. It was a Cobalt Banker back, back when I started. And I had a very successful career, about seven years with them before I decided what the heck, I want to be a real estate developer uh, and try my hand at that. And um, I did that for 30 years. I still do it um, with uh, good success A small, you know, boutique developer, mostly did Santa Barbara. At one point we were one of the larger developers, which is not saying much as a small community, but lots of tech here. And so I became very interested because I was one of the leading builders in tech. And so I got to know a lot of the great companies that came through here and some of the startups, you know, uh, go to meeting was, uh, which is Citrix. They started here and they started one of my office buildings. And I was very curious. I was one of their first users. And that's how I kind of got from real estate into tech was just being interested in what they were doing and then fooling around with it and placing it. I, I was, I've always been good at trying to figure out, well, how would I make something better? Or, and I did that in my office buildings. It was very successful. And this was just a new challenge. Like, well, wow, the internet's really cool, but there's a lot of bad things that are happening to you. And I wonder if I could 
even not knowing much about the business, could get into the business. And I think in some ways it was great coming into the business from a background that didn't really understand it and could point out things that most people who are really dived into it didn't really see from uh, from a user perspective. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Uh, so, uh, you know, that is happening in the area of data science as well, right? It's such a new field. A lot of people from like very different industries are kind of coming in and giving their unique perspectives. So that makes a lot of sense. So my next question is that since this is a data life podcast, it's about data, right? So I'm, I'm curious, what has been your relationship with data? So I started with just web browsing uh, and we were a secure private browser. Uh, and then it, it dawned on me um, a couple years ago that, you know, they started talking about, you know, Google taking your data and other companies, Facebook. And I started to think about the fact that, well, we're not getting anything for it. We, the public, uh, we're getting what we call free. Well, as you know, in the industry, free means you are the product. And I started thinking about it and I was thinking, gee, I wonder if there's a way that we actually could pay people for their data and still make a profit on our side. And I started fooling with the idea. I did some math. There's always wrong. Math is always wrong when you do it first, the first time. But it, it came to me that data is valuable. It's, I mean, people call it the new oil and billions of dollars are traded, maybe even a trillion dollars, are traded in data every year. And yet the guys that are left out is the normal people who are actually creating the data. And so it got me to thinking about partnering with data companies who are buying data and that we could be a company that helps people sell their data. And so the, the user can make money as well as we make money. And the other side gets the data they want that maybe they don't have. I see. So I, I do understand from a user point of view why they might want to sign up, right? Like it's getting paid for browsing. I think that is a very, very uh, enticing kind of thing, right? What I want to understand is from the business side, like how are you getting partners on board and how do you, what kind of data do you share with them? So this is purely uh, uh, business to customer, uh, B2C. Uh, B2B, in my opinion, will take a long time to get, uh, you have to get users, uh, businesses comfortable with sharing data and they, they, do, they will share the data, but they're already getting paid for the data. Whereas the user today, not getting paid for his data, and so this is more a one-to-one. -one. So our customers are basically twofold. One is a customer that drives a lot because we have geolocation. And I just want to tell people in your broadcast, it's like, oh my God, I'm giving my data away or I'm selling my data. Well, you're already giving it away and you're giving it away for free because every time you get in your car, for instance, you know how it says 15 minutes to work or half hour to somewhere else. They know where you're going when you started the car. They're used to seeing your habits already. They're already recording that. And my reaction is, well, then we should get paid for that data. So what we do is we have an app that you download and it records two things. One is your geolocation. Uh, and with permission, we don't ever sell anything. If you never want to sell anything, <clears throat> we won't sell it. <clears throat> with permission, we will sell your geolocation data and it's, it's a, it's an, a, the calculation runs at like one event every two or 300 feet. And so you get awards for that. And then um, your browsing data. 
And your browsing data, the reason we don't we do browsing data is it's something you normally do every day. So once again, you should get paid for your browsing data. We hopefully will have search data soon. So you get paid for your search data as well. Makes sense. And you get paid more based on number of hours or on certain kind of activity. At this at this point, we haven't, you know, this is going to take time to grow those and to like a data scientist, hiring data scientists to start to categorize things that uh, a buyer would want to see. Right now, it's basically general. It makes the browsing data not as valuable as the geolocation data at this point. But over time, as we get in deeper and deeper into this with data scientists, we'll be able to kind of tick that apart. And my goal is to make you as much money as I can, because the way we do the the split is 70 or 80% to the customer and 20 or 30% to us. As I think that's fair and economically it works out for us because you, you can't run a company without making a profit. Um, you need investors and you need to build this up. So I think it's a fair split and uh, it allows the customer and in the long run to make some really nice money doing really nothing more than you're doing today. Okay, I understand. Uh, so you want to do 70-30 split and you want to share mostly with the customers. Uh, and yeah, I think that's a great value proposition. So for the for the businesses who are buying this data, I'm curious how they use this data. So the data that's bought is from companies like institutions that want to know what you're going to. Let's take truckers. Truckers is a perfect example. So we're out to truckers because they drive the most. And so they can make the most amount of money to start. They can make anywhere from 15 to $30 a month. So that data is not only good just for companies that we sell to a broker and then the broker sells it to other, other buyers, institutions, hospitals. And I mentioned hospitals and rehab centers because that's an interest that truckers happen to have a lot of those types of issues um, in just in the long run of their lives. And so those are interested buyers and eventually what we'll get down to be able to doing is to categorize your your trucker data, sell that for you as many times as we possibly can without your name and without your address. So it's still anonymous, but it's an interesting trend, as, a, as you know, as a, science, a data scientist, to see what's happening in the industry. So are people driving more, longer hours, uh, less stops, um, you know, those types of refueling, what are they what are they buying so on and so forth that's actually really interesting especially in the context of self-driving cars and electric vehicles yeah yeah that's going to be very interesting in fact i asked a trucker the other day i said what's going to happen to the trucking industry she said well truckers may not do as much but they still have to be around because you know uh, it's going to be 50 or 60 years before self-driving really works really well where you don't have to worry about an, a, a crash coming or something else where you don't need somebody on board. So yeah, trucking will change, but it will still need you know people involved. And, there's, and all that data is still valuable. So let's say a trucking company doesn't have a lot of employees. Well, that, that, that data that they're getting is still very valuable and they can sell that data. So that's a B2B when they would come to us and go, well, I understand you sell data and trucking data. 
who could we sell this data to? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, yeah, that, that is a completely different tangent of conversation, but yeah, it's yeah. very interesting how, uh, like, maybe we'll get first into a stage where truckers might just be on board uh, monitoring the systems and slowly maybe but yeah it's it's going to take some time yeah. uh, what do you what do you think about more in in the in the short term about short uh, the electric vehicles about what i'm sorry the the electric vehicles because you said uh, you are monitoring how often truckers like refuel and where they stop so i'm i'm kind of like thinking of electric vehicles as well because there is a very specific pattern with electric vehicles as well like like the amount of charging they are doing how how long they have to wait on the road what do you think about that i think that's a, you know any kind of information first of all we like the idea of helping people so that that's one of the reasons i got this company started was my interest in helping people so anything that can help somebody uh, monitor or do something with that electric chargers that would help even their data to help would be fantastic. Cool. Okay. So truckers is, is really interesting. Do you have any other standout group that, that seems to be getting a big help from this? Uh, so far, just truckers, although it's interesting, we're seeing people from all over the world uh, come on board and this is the first time. I mean, there's only two or three of us that are actually uh, starting to do this and it's going to take time before we're profitable. But uh, there's a lot. It's amazing. You know, in the United States, everybody is about privacy. But in order to really have privacy on the web, and, and I don't really, I guess you could put a VPN in your car, uh, you, you're not going to get a lot of privacy. And so privacy, in a sense, is kind of dead. Uh, you know what Google and it's really interesting what's going on with Google and particularly uh, Apple now with their mobile where they're making users give consent. Well, a lot of users are not giving consent. And so what's happening to that data is becoming more and more valuable. Because if I can have that data and I can sell it for you and nobody else can have that data, guess what? Your data is more valuable. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I want to point out, as far as your privacy goes, Google and Apple can see everything you're doing. Now, maybe Apple chooses not to share it but they have all the insights of your data because if you read their TOS carefully, it doesn't exclude them from seeing your data. It just excludes the app from seeing your data without your permission. Yep, M makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and especially with a, a lot of these AI and machine learning models coming up, they're very data hungry, right? So, I mean, I myself work on a lot of these models and um, we sometimes use the cookies yeah. cookies or something so like you're basically trying to identify and build models and recover i mean i mean it's it's all sometimes with good intentions sometimes usually with good intentions i think you know like you want to recommend the best product to people or you want to like see if there is a fraud happening on a credit card company so i mean the intention is good but uh definitely it is data hungry definitely. yeah it's data hungry and, and i want to point out once again i think that you know, the horse is out of the out of the barn. You're not going to put data back in anywhere. I like the fact that to a certain extent, I like the fact that Google and Android or Google, excuse me, and, and iOS are focusing on more privacy and, and getting permissions. I like that. Uh, but because I, I like privacy, but it, it comes to a point where these companies are becoming so big 
that they're, I think they're kind of ruining the business model for other people. And that's a little upsetting for me, just for other people. I know when we started, um, when we, when we started uh, uh, advertising, the first person to say no was Google. They didn't like the idea at all that we were advertising to their customers that they could get paid for their data, which was a great sign to me saying, oh, I'm on the right path if they don't like me. And they're immediately saying bad things about me, which none of them were true, uh, you know, good for me because that's showing that there's a need out there for what we're doing. How do you see yourself different from Brave or Firefox? I think Brave is a new browser which kind of promises privacy. So I just, I'm curious what you think about that. So their model is much more based on privacy and, you know, not to dock them. I think they're doing a great job, but I don't, they're not as private as you think that they are. And the reason I say that is because um, unless they're hiding your IP address, it's out there, although they're blocking the it's a secure, secure connection. So certainly it's a lot secure than just, you know, Google or which is not secure at all. So I think they're doing a great job, but remember, we do have a secure browser. We're not challenging them at this point. We will bring that back online. But right now, our job is to give you enough privacy that you can take that data and go sell it. And Brave doesn't do that. Brave says, hey, if an advertiser wants to advertise to you, they can pay you. And you're still anonymous. We're saying, no, you're not as anonymous as on Brave but you're getting paid for your data. Yeah, makes paid. sense. Uh, and I'm curious, uh, how does the permissions work? Did you have to go and get permissions from some US authorities to launch this website? No, well, we had to, we have to follow, we do follow CCP for California. We follow GDPR for Europe. Uh, we're now coming into Africa and we're following their GDPR laws as well. So we're very careful to make sure that we don't step on anybody's toes, but we're built. So if you want to get rid of your data, uh, you don't want to, you want us to have your data anymore. We, we can, you know, in a minute, we can get rid of all that with an inquiry from us. So we want to comply with those rules. Uh, and after all, it is your privacy. So I totally want to respect Very cool. That. So I'm sure it's a lot of work figuring out GDPR and all these different regulations. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's going to be the hardest thing when all the states have their different GDPRs. But what we're doing is we're just taking the most stringent ones and following the most stringent ones. And therefore, we hope we fall into every other one that is, uh, you know, that we're compliant with. And I think so long as we adhere to the idea of it's your data. And I want I want people to realize, in my opinion, this is your data. It's not somebody else's data. You're the one creating. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, so for the listeners who don't fully understand or don't really understand what GDPR is, uh, do you mind summarizing in a few sentences what GDPR actually is? Sure. So GDPR, uh, I'll be darned if I can remember exactly what it stands for, is uh, it's protection for users so that if you do not want to give away your data or you want to get your data back, um, the, all these companies that are under GDPR, which are you know, laws in Europe, 
they have to give you your data back. So if you say, hey, you know, you've been collecting my data and selling it, we want it, I want it back, or I want to close this account and I don't want you to sell it anymore or give it away or whatever you're doing, that's the GDPR and that protects the user from just selling it without really your permission. They, they still can, but if you ask for it back, they have to give you your data back. Do we have something similar to GDPR for US? We do. Uh, California has a law that is extremely similar. Um, there's a couple other states. I think Vermont has one. And then there was somebody else who just had one. So they're coming on board. And I think it's smart. And I think, you know, people should be protected. People, the, the problem with data is people really don't understand it. I mean, it's, and it's hard to understand. It's not an easy thing. It's, and it's all over the place. I mean, it's like, you know, ants everywhere. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, and so one question I have is, how, if you're not on Google or Facebook or TikTok, how are you acquiring users? How are you getting users on board? Ah, so think of truckers. There's advertising for truckers. Uh, we just hired a, a, a woman. She's fantastic. Her name is Brittany Richardson, and she's a spokesperson for she's got a podcast. And so she's got 40 or 50,000 followers from uh, truckers. That And this will follow on. We're going to go to a truckers event. It's going to be my first trucker event. I'm very excited. Um, and I like truckers. They're down to earth people, so they're cool. Um, so that's one way. There's a, there's There are games that can be played where you can't go to the next level unless you download something or download a product. And so we're getting a lot of downloads. And the funny part is most of the time in most places, those just disappear like somebody just downloaded and then get rid of it. And with us, they're like, wait, I can make money here? And so we're getting a lot of people staying because they're going, well, wait, what's wrong with this? I get to make money and I'm not doing anything. And how we pay is through PayPal because I believe in cash. I think we'll eventually have, you know, credit cards you can get paid back on or, um, you know, Bitcoin eventually. And I like the idea of Bitcoin because if you think you want to invest that money and we're also going to try and partner with investment companies that you can invest this, let's call it $25. Well, it's kind of free money. You didn't really have to do anything. Uh, it just came with because you gave permission, but maybe you want to invest that and maybe that turns into $2,000. And that's cool to me. That really, yeah, that is really interesting. I have seen some, some testimonials online and they really seem to, once they figure out what it can do for them, they seem to be really enjoying getting that extra cash every month um, my next question is about the browser performance so like is it just a web browser that you download and how like is, is it comparable to chrome like how, how how good it is like yeah just curious about that yeah so let me let me fill you in here so we built it off chrome it's a chrome extension it's a fancy chrome extension it's not an extension where uh, you're back on Chrome and it's in the background. This is literally our browser and it's secured by us. Um, so what you do is right now we don't have iOS. We're working towards iOS. We need lots of people to use us and want to uh, sell their data. You just go to Android store. You look up us on Android, which is uh, trycocoon.com. You just download the product that welcomes you and then 
you, you start getting paid and you'll see the next day, you know, a penny or two pennies. And right now I recommend, I mean, the browsing works and we don't get to pay a lot yet on the browsers, but we will eventually. But the geolocation, you know, you can make five, ten dollars a month. I'm making two or three dollars a month and I'm doing about 800 miles a month and I'm making two dollars and 25 cents. But if you're, you know, driving, you know, 3,000 or 4,000 miles, you're making, you know, eight, ten dollars. That is, yeah, that is almost like free cash. And I think it's also kind of what I like about this is it shifts the conversation, right? It's not about the, I think, the cash more than it kind of brings people uh, more literacy about what is happening with data and what is possible. Like it just brings into people's kind of like uh, thought processes. So I think I, I find that really interesting. Like even we are talking today about user data and PII and stuff like that. So I think that is a really cool uh, step. So sometimes users actually want uh, some machine learning models to recommend them say a good product right so like i'm bad at picking perfumes so maybe i want when i'm on amazon i want so them to recommend a good perfume to me so like do you think we can in future can we do selective uh, selective uh, usage of where our data should be used in which product which uh, app and so on absolutely so let's just say let's take our browser for a minute maybe i envision that we would give you you would select items that you really are interested in. And as you go look for those, uh, we can you know, perform better and better for what you're looking at and at the same time, sell that data for you, which is really valuable data. So perfume, for instance, is expensive and or a credit card. Here you go shopping for a credit card. And by the way, the guy who showed you all those ads for all the different credit cards, he's gonna make $100, $200 off of your selection out of his website. Well, why aren't you getting a piece of that action? So for me, one of the things I would be building is something that says you select that credit card and by the way, it's cash back. So cash back already exists, but it should come back on your data as well. Indeed, 30 or 40 years back, how environmental uh, focused companies started to really like get some uh, highlight, like free, so-called free marketing kind of thing. like. So it's happening now with organic food companies, like organic grocers, uh, even like sustainable companies are kind of like, even if they're, the, their products might be more expensive, customers are willing to pay that extra because they know it's better for the planet. And I think just a few years back, a lot of marketers did not think that is going to happen, right? Like why would people pay more? But they do actually, they care and they're doing that. So this could happen with data-based companies as well as we go ahead. Fantastic. Okay. Thanks, Jeff, for having this conversation. It was really insightful to talk about the how you are the product and kind of like what steps can be taken because I think many people who are listeners might have heard about this term, you are the product, but like there are options out there and people like you who are working on kind of like taking the next step. So that's really amazing. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for all the data scientists that are already doing this. You're actually helping people already. Indeed, Jeff. Uh, It was a pleasure having you on the show. And for all the listeners, stay tuned. We'll have more episodes coming out soon. And thanks for your support. Please share and subscribe to this episode. Thank you so much and have a great rest of the week.